Hello and welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast. What's going on, everyone? A big-time guest today. It's been a few years since I've had the opportunity to catch up with our guest. Former UFC welterweight champion of the world and all-around great dude, Johnny Big Rig Hendricks. This conversation is awesome because it's been a few years since Johnny was fighting in the UFC, and as he enters a new chapter in his life, there's still a tremendous passion for the sport of MMA, and you can hear his excitement for the sport in this conversation. So Johnny is partnering up with a new fight promotion called America's Fighting Championship. If you haven't heard about this group already, check them out on Facebook, America's Fighting Championship. They've got a massive first event coming up September 19th in Cancun. It's going to be unbelievable as they have this massive venue. And they're also going to be streaming this fight as well through Live FC. So make sure you follow America's Fighting Championship on the Facebook page. Follow them on Instagram. Make sure you follow all of Johnny Hendrick's social media accounts. They're going to have some big announcements coming up this weekend. This is an event that I'm excited for, and I'm absolutely putting this on the calendar. But you'll you'll hear Johnny talk about this. I, the cool part about America's Fighting Championship is the fact that their mission statement is fighters come first. And the whole reason this thing was created was to give fighters a promotion where their needs are put first and who better than a former UFC champion Johnny Hendricks to kind of give them the insight on how you create that atmosphere and what fighters need and what did he need when he was going through the wild ride that is a professional MMA career. So again, America's Fighting Championship, putting the fighters first. And I think when you do that, the result is going to be an an amazing product and something that I'm excited to check out as a fan of MMA. The other part about Johnny that's so cool is not only his passion for the sport, but his knowledge of the sport. And I'm like this, I, I think when I talk to anybody that is a specialist in their craft. It's it's so cool to see somebody watch and process something at a completely different level than anybody else. And that's certainly the case with Johnny when he talks about MMA and when he talks about fights and strategy and just everything that goes into it. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, before we get to this conversation, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. If you want to leave a review, that would be great as well. And tell your friends about the podcast. You can contact me via Twitter at Colby underscore Daniels on Instagram, Colby.Daniels. Always appreciate hearing from you guys. So here we go. Johnny Hendricks. Johnny, it's been a while since we've had the opportunity to speak. I'm, I'm glad to catch up with you. How have you been? Well, I've been doing good, you know, just a little, you know, uh, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and sort of relaxing, you know, watching the kids play soccer and being a family man. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a good time for that, uh, honestly, when you consider everything that's happening in the world and, and the last few months with the shutdown. Uh, I've had the opportunity to, to kind of do the same with my little one. I know. Isn't it nice? Sometimes just, you know, having a hard reset, you get to just, uh, stop. You know what I mean? Like take a break and enjoy. And you sort of under, like you're, you wonder, man, I understand. I can't do that because I got to make a living. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> you're like, I, I it, you really, you really enjoy. Yeah. It's been great. Especially mine turns four at the end of this month. So he's, he's kind of in that age where almost every day he learns something new and he changes so much from week to week that, that just being home around him has, has just been such a blessing. Oh yeah. You know, that's the same thing with my boy. He's, he's about to turn, he's about to turn five. Actually. Well, next year he'll be five cause he just turned four in April. So yeah, I mean, it's it, every day he's getting stronger. He's getting faster and he punches harder. And, <laughs> Oh, that's what he's doing right now. But boy, oh, quit. No hidden. But you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's fun. I love kids, though. So you're still in Texas. I still live in Midlothian and been here for so long, it's, it'd be hard to move. Pre-COVID, what kept you occupied? You know, I took two years off, lived off my winnings, and then uh, I'm actually in the police academy. I'm, I'm going to be a police officer, a police officer here in Midlothian, and that's what I'm sort of trying to do. That's you know, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, you know what? There's a there's a lot of people. You know, I think that if you watch the news, a lot of people. I've experienced so many different cultures and so many different things, and you know, I've also been in so many different battles. 
that, I think that that's one reason why I want to get into it. And the second reason is because, you know, my kids are only getting older in a world that is constantly evolving, right? And I can, I can easily look at myself and say I, I, would, I would take the bullet for them if something happened at their school, you know, um, not only for them, but also the other kids. That's a profession that in the last few months has been under the microscope. And, and really, I think in a lot of major cities, you're seeing police officers quit the force, I think, when you consider uh, just the way that maybe they're viewed throughout the country. No, it is. And that's the thing is that, you know, here's the thing is that, you know, a couple of people, a couple of people do. Uh, it's not I want I don't want to say they're not doing the right things, but they're also doing things that they're they're taught. Does that make sense? Right. Um, that's things that they teach is to put the knee on the back of the neck like that, right? But when you get people that that really aren't in, don't get into fights or um, confrontation a whole lot, right? Sometimes you know you know this. If you, how many people do you see get into the, into uh, the like they're like I want to learn to be a fighter, right? And they go in there, they get punched once or two times, one or two times, and then all of a sudden they escalated to like a thousand percent. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden they crash. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't do that. So I'm going to do whatever I can to either hold on or make it where they don't move. Right. Um, and I think that's for, you know, I mean, some of the reasons these guys, they get into trouble is because one, whenever they get their, stress level to the maximum and then as soon as it's over with they have a hard time coming back you know what i'm saying and sure. here's the thing is that you know again he was taught that so uh, now you gotta look at policies right um it, it's stuff like that that you know you gotta constantly evolve you gotta constantly adapt and you gotta make yourself better and i think you know a lot of it too is that you know my my goal is to not get into one, but you know, I mean, talk people into talk people into liking cops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there's got to be a certain amount of composure involved with that job, while also having empathy for what people may be going through, and and it's a very fine balance that you know may be tough for people to you know, an everyday person to find. And and I think you made a great point in terms of getting punched in the face and being able to keep your composure. Did you always have that ability or was that something that you got maybe through the wrestling days or, or how did you kind of find that balance? You know what? It was about after my, my, my third day there in extreme contours, I remember I was fighting uh, Tyson Griffin and we were doing MMA and man, I escalated it really quick. I mean, really quick. <laughs> and he, you know what I mean? And then co the coach came over and was like, Hey, you got to calm down. And I go, Dude, he's hitting me. You know what I mean? He's hitting me as hard as I'm hitting him. And he's like, no, he's not. He's under control. You're not. That's why you're you're tired. That's why this, this, and this. You know what I mean? And then I was like, you know what? Okay, you're right. I don't know what it's like to get punched in the face over and over and over and have the ability to sit there and say, all right, this is what this feels like. Hey, this is what this feels like. If I'm really trying to hurt you, this is what it's going to feel like. But for training, this is what it's going to feel like. Uh, and you know, at that point I made a mental note. Okay. That's what a punch at 50%. That's what a punch is supposed to feel like. Hey, I felt this hundred percent too. So then that tells me right there that, all right, if I feel this style of punch, I need to, I need to try to tone myself to this. And, and again, it just takes, you know, it took me how many years to do some of the things that I was able to do, you know? And, and that's the thing is that I look at it and say, it's, it's, it's never, it's never, ending or evolving door that we have to constantly adapt as fighters right and now that i'm into another profession that's the exact same thing you know what i mean that you know i i pull you over guess what if i'm to assess the situation calm you down make everything good make you calm and cool and collected right and then let's let's cooler heads prevail right and that's what i'm hoping that i can bring down here, you know, Midlothian is an amazing town anyways. They have amazing cops. Uh, but, you know, I just, like I said, it's just something I was like, you know what? the world's getting a little bit crazier, school shootings and stuff like that. And my wife was like, why don't you become a cop? I was like, I never thought of that. That's amazing. You're, you're, you're right. Um, and I applied and now I'm here. You know what I mean? That's so cool. So when, when, what's the timeline for all of that to take place? 
Uh, I'm already in the academy. I graduated, I think, December 4th. And, you know, so I should hit the streets, what, December 6th or 7th or whatever the first day my my STO goes through. And, you know what I mean? And that's sort of what I'm going to be doing at this point, you know. And, and, and here's the thing. How, I, you know, I try to do a couple other jobs, but nothing is nothing really got me excited. Does that make sense? Like going from fighting yeah. and knowing what's going to happen every second of every moment in your career to just a regular desk job or a regular, you know, you're out on the field doing this work, that work. But this, you got to be on your toes. You got to keep your mind sharp. You know, you got to keep your skills sharp. Um, and that's sort of what I've been doing. When was the last time you visited Edmond, Oklahoma? Oh man, it's been a, about it's been a little over a year. No, it's been about six months actually. Six months. That place has grown up a lot. I mean, you know, I came from the backside. You know, through uh, Britain Road or not Britain? Excuse me. Um, was it Broadway? Broadway, yeah, Broadway? yeah, Broadway. Up through, uh, what is it, uh, the Turnpike right there? Uh, Kilpatrick Turnpike to Broadway. Shot up that way, and I was like, holy cow. <laughs> this place is, you know, and then we go and visit friends up uh, there. They're uh, closer to Deer Creek, but it's still considered Edmond. And I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I remember going out there, and that was farmland. Some of those places that I visited. Yeah, just fields back I, then. Yes, yeah, so I took my wife. I go, uh, the really nice rich. Uh, oak tree, oak tree, oak tree. Yeah, yeah. I did oak tree, and I was like, man, you know, not too far from here. I used to fish. <laughs> right. There was a there was a uh, there was a pond there that I used to fish all the time, and now it's it's blown up to where I don't even recognize it. It's a completely different place, and and so I'm two years older than you, and I, I went to Memorial my freshman and sophomore year, so I was I was probably gone by the time you got there. But you're right. When you look at just the even the Oklahoma City area in general, from that time to now, I mean, the whole area just looks completely different, and it's grown up a lot in terms of becoming a major city. Yes, and, I, and you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, I've been through Oklahoma City a lot. You know what I mean? And I remember driving, you know, because uh, you know, going through Mustang, Yukon, and all those places. Whenever I was wrestling, even in college, you know. Riding through those, driving through those places, you're like, man, there's, there's really, it's hard to tell the difference between where Oklahoma City ends, Edmond, Oklahoma City, Yukon, Mustang, uh, and then once you start getting out towards more like um, your Tri City area, Newcastle, uh, Bridge Creek, and those areas, you start seeing more farmland. But people are wanting to move out of the cities into, you know, have an acre lot. I think that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, you mentioned college. When you were at Oklahoma State, did you have the idea while you were wrestling that you wanted to get into MMA, or what was that transition? Uh, no, I didn't want to get into MMA. I, I always told people they were stupid for getting into MMA. Because <laughs> uh, King Mo, or Muhammad Lawal, as I knew him, he was like, you're going to do this one day. And I was like, dude, no way. You couldn't pay me enough to do that. Um, and look what happened. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. No, I probably wouldn't have done it. That's why you never say never. You know what I mean? Um, and you don't make fun of, you know, you're sitting here, you're going, I remember, you know what? Okay. I remember being in college, sitting here back, quarterbacking, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, Frank Muir, uh, let's see here. Then you go over to the uh, other side, Anderson Silva, these guys, you know what I mean, that you, you watched, and you're sitting here, and I'm like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And it's so funny because once you get in there, you realize, well, you're an idiot for thinking that way. Because whenever I go back to Oklahoma State, the guys be like, well, why don't you do this here and there? And I'd be like, get in that situation. I'll show you why you can't or why you can't. You know what I mean? And you put them in there and they're, they're trying and they're trying. I go, you just wasted all your energy. Now I'm on top of you. I'm going to beat the living crap out of you at this point. Right. Um, and, and so that's what went through me to the sport too is, like I said, you know, wrestling, you, you sort of, I sort of knew where I needed to be, how I needed to be, my positioning, this, this, and this. And it got to a point where, you know, chess is no fun anymore. And that's the way it was for wrestling. Like, I knew where I needed to be. I knew my stance. I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, boom, MMA, flat out there. I have some fun with it. 
you know, some trainings didn't go as well as I wanted to. But, you know, what it did is it, it taught me that, man, it brought that eagerness to learn again. You know what I mean? Like, boom, learn, learn, learn. How much can you fill your brain with? How much can you fill your brain with? And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, again, that's sort of what drew me to the police force, too. It's like there's so much knowledge and so much stuff that we, I mean, that, every, you know, just because I had this scenario in my head, and I go up to you and I say, sir, how are you doing today? doesn't mean that I can, I can just be comical or, you know, I can stay on the, uh, I can let my guard down because I don't know what you're going to do when you're going to want to do it. Right. And those are the things that excite me. I was actually having a conversation with Kyle Kretschmer a few weeks ago about just Oklahoma state and how, how John Smith and just that program kind of prepares you for MMA. And I think a lot of people just feel like it's a natural progression. It's not the same thing, certainly, but the toughness, I think, is what he pointed out that you have to have to go through what John Smith put you through, I think, sets you, sets you up for that career, at least. You know what? He does. He puts you through hell and back, and he gets you mentally and physically ready. And then whenever whatever you, he prepares you the way that the best way I can explain it, he prepares you for life in general. You know what I mean? You know how to battle through this. You know how to battle through that. You know, is this happening? Is that happening? You, you, you learn your body and you learn your mental, your mental capacity that I think some colleges, um, they struggle to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, but, it could be also just that room, room atmosphere that, man, everybody's, everybody wants to be the best, you know? And when you got a bunch of eight type <laughs> yeah. people in there that want to be the best, what happens? You're going to get bumps, you're going to get bruises, and you're going to become tough. <laughs> I wanted to get, like, the Bruce Buffer introduction for you when I brought you on because I, I would imagine at least – being in that ring and having him basically screaming in your face. Like I know anytime I hear the introductions, it makes like I'm geeked and the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. What's it like actually being in there? Are you getting jacked up in that moment? You know what? Yes. And no, yes. You're getting hyped. And you know, whenever you're in there and he's yelling that stuff, you do get a little excited, but you also got to sit there and say, um, stay calm. I stay calm. Yeah. Yeah. Stay calm because Guess what? If I get if I start losing my emotions now, what's going to happen as soon as I, as soon as the first punch gets thrown? You know what I mean? So you by that time, like by time, I would say probably like my fourth or fifth fight, like I just had no emotions. Whenever I stepped in there, it's just another day, right? It's just another day of training, another day of this, and you you sort of get numb to what's going on, and and you know. And that's sort of the way that I needed to be to make sure that I was focused on this, staying focused on my game plan and everything else that goes along with it. It's interesting during this time, we've, we've not had sports. And so doing what I do without sports, you have all these, these conversations about best of this, best of that. And I remember a couple months ago having a conversation about the most fun and best atmospheres that you've ever been a part of from a sporting standpoint. And one of mine was UFC 171, and I'll never forget going into the fifth round with you and Lawler and everybody in that building feeling like that thing, you know, at that point could have gone either way. And, and then to even go further, even with 30 seconds left in that fight, it kind of felt like it was still up for grabs and, and like everybody in the arena was waiting for one of you to maybe steal the fight at the end. Take me through what that was like for you. Did you feel the same thing? You know what? I did. I did. I'm not going to lie. Um, I thought it was 2-2 two, two going into the third round, uh, but I'm always going to be that way. You know what I mean? Uh, the only one I didn't feel that way was the GSP. I felt like I was – I was. I, I thought I won that 4-1. to one. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll, I you agree know, with I'll, you, and I still think that's one of the biggest robberies in, in the history of the sport. <laughs> yeah, because like the third round – I mean, realistically, third round, besides him getting the last takedown, what, 20 seconds left? He did no damage. Yeah. I, I did majority of the punching. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? I've, I've moved past that. But, you know, when, after that fight, I learned a lot. Hey, try to try to secure. Don't, don't relax that last 20 seconds because, hey, they haven't turned in a score sheet. Does that make sense? For sure. Like, 
I wish I wish that after each round they had to do a score sheet, send it in. Do a score sheet, send it in. They don't get the they don't get the touch that score sheet after they turn it in, right? Um, because then they don't get to wait until the last thirty seconds. Oh man, he looks like he has more energy. Okay, I'm gonna fill it in. Ting 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 ting. Right? Um, I don't know if that's the way it goes, but that's the way it seems like it goes sometimes. Right? Whenever you watch some of these fights, you're going, dude, how? Like, I do know a little bit more than the average fan, but holy crap! What how fight the were you f watching? did they go with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, is, I, I'm not even talking about my fights. I'm talking about some other guys. Right? Fights. Yeah. Going, like, dude, you were not, you were not watching, <laughs> and you know, and you're just going, how? Like, how did that possibly happen? But you know what? I guess that's why I don't get paid the big bucks. So. <laughs> yeah, you got that that takedown at the end of that fight, and like literally, I just remember like, the whole place at that point was like, "There it is." That that pretty much like got him the title, and they announced your name, and obviously you dropped down to your knees. And being a, a hometown guy in that arena, it was such a spectacular setting to be a part of. You know what? Uh, yeah, I'm very grateful that they gave me another title shot right after the George St. Pierre fight, um, and you know. At that point in my career, uh, there's so many things that I, I enjoyed and I loved about it, you know. And, uh, man, you know, even still today, I still, like, I train a couple of fighters. Uh, they're amateurs. But, I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy the sport, you know. And, and you, you talk about these old things that I've, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I forgot about them, you know. And, and, you're sitting here, you bring up these old memories. I'm like, man, you know what? That's why I still coach. <laughs> right. That's why I still, I still do some of the things that I, you know what I mean? That's why I'm, I, I want to give back to the, to people that want to learn and, and build the next generation too, you know? How tough was it to walk away? You know, I, I know watching uh, DC the other night, like they asked him if he was done and, and he kind of made the comment like he only wants to fight for titles, but he doesn't see that being realistic anymore. And so he's kind of at that crossroads where it's probably time to quit. How hard for how hard was it for you to say, you know what, this is the end of the road and, and it's time to you know turn that page? You know what, for me, um, it really wasn't that hard because there's so many things. Uh, there's so many things that whenever I was, whenever you like, I knew that I couldn't make 170 anymore, right? Um, I, you know, right now I'm walking around at 220. You know what I'm saying? And now I get to actually lift weights and, yeah. and, and, you know what I mean? So, I, uh, you know, somewhat of a two-pack, right? Maybe depending on the shade and the angle of the camera, you might be able to see <laughs> all four, right? But you know what? I get to see my kids every day. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing this or that. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. I loved it when I did it, but I also remember that I, I, I lost a lot of time with my kids because even though I was home, I really wasn't home. You know what I mean? I had a great wife that stuck it out, that knew that, hey, she had a lot on her plate, did a lot of stuff, and... I, uh, I was just, a, like, I was a person, but not, you know what I mean? Like, I was there, but not there. You got to be in that zone, right? That, that, you gotta, like, yeah. You got to be in that, hey, I'm, like, I'm this, I need this, I need my rest, I need everything, and whenever you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're talking about this stuff, and you're 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 sitting there and you see you look over and the next thing you know your daughter's six years old and you're going what happened you know when did you become this old when did you become a little girl that you are now um and i i guess that was pretty much after once i lost to um oh what's his name um uh, Mag Magni, Magni, I think. Um, once I lost to him, that's whenever I was like, you know what? Um, 
I think it's time for me to hang it up. Uh, but I still, you know, I'm, I've always been the guy that, you know, I had, I had a contract. I don't like doing stuff. A, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like leaving stuff table. And so I, uh, I was sitting there like saying, you want, let's get these. I thought I had one more fight. That's why I went to 185. I was like, I'll go one more fight to 185. Then I found out that I got two more. I was like, son of a, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and the guys that they were giving me weren't the easiest, but you know what? It was still fun. You know, uh, one, you're sick with the flu. Um, and the one in Oklahoma city, they were, they were, they were, they, because I went to Stillwater. When I went to Stillwater, I, I got away because man, I felt like dog, dog turds, right? And I was worried that if I was, you know, if they saw me, they would try to cancel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I knew the, I, I, you know, I, the commission talked to me and I said, guys, I can't, I cannot fight. And I remember after that fight, they looked at me and they said, was it worth, was it worth it? Can you honestly tell me that it was worth it? And I looked at them and said, yes, because I still fight in the UFC. You know what I mean? I think that if I would have, if yeah. they would have canned yeah. me for that fight, they would have probably, they would have probably booted me from the UFC. Um, and that's just not the type of person I am. And then, you know, Paulo Costa it is what it is. Um, and then after that, once I said I was retired, dude, I, I was perfectly fine. I was, I was perfectly fine walking away. Um, I didn't care. I, I, you know, what I mean, I had time. I, I knew that I had two to two, two and a half years of savings to do what I want to do and not have to worry about it. And the rest has been history. Well, you mentioned the coaching, and and you obviously have a ton of knowledge to share, which is obviously a great bridge into the current deal with America's Fighting Championship. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like you. you the things that we're talking about, uh, the things that we're talking about and the things that we want to put forth for these fighters, you know, um, I mean, you can go through every organization. Yes. There's always going to be somebody that's going to be making more than you. Right. That's just, that's just common sense. But you know, if you can sit there and say, all right, let's say you're making a million dollars in ticket sales. Right. And you can look at your 16 or your 10 fighters or 20 fighters, right? And you can sit there and say, all right, guys, throughout the, throughout you guys, we're going to find a way to get you 40% of that. You know what I'm saying? 50% of that, you know, or let's even say 30% of that, right? Or you're going to, you're going to want to stick around. Does that make sense? Yeah, Um, Absolutely. We want to put it like the way that we've talked, we want to make the fighters because who are they there to see? They're not there to see me sit on the sidelines, right? They're not there to see uh, Williams or, you know, Jason or whoever, right? They're not there to see the ring girls. They're there to see the fighters and to build an organization the way that they're talking about. I see it as a, as a, as a something that can really move and turn heads and move some good fighters into the organization. You know, we, we got to start from the ground up and we're, we're doing that and we got to fight September 19th down in Cancun, which is going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to head down there for that one. Um, and to, to see the first fight and to see, you know, I'm definitely going to be taking mental pictures of it and to see what it comes like two years from now, what could it be if you're doing stuff like that, putting the fighters first, wanting the best out of the fighters. And, uh, it, it could be, it could be something huge. How difficult is that scene when you're just getting started and, and you're trying to make a name for yourself in the sport? I mean, because it, it seems like it would be pretty grueling. Uh, it is. It is. Here's the thing. You know, um, there's a ton of fight organizations. You know what I mean? There is a ton of fight organizations. There's a ton of fighters. 
But that's the beautiful thing is there are a ton of fighters. So, you know, you if you play your cards right, right, and you do the right things and you treat people with respect and the fighters treat you treat the fighters with respect, they're going to come back. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, you start off, you start off saying, Hey, you know what? Let's be, let's try to be a feeder to, you know, to an organization, right? Then you say, Hey, let's, let's, let's bump it up from that organization to where now they're Bellator and UFC level. Right. But then again, you might, they might sit there and say, Hey, um, we don't want to go. We want to stay. You, does that, you, you see where my head's at? Like that, those are things that now I'm not saying they want to stay if they got a, you know I mean, Bellator UFC, but you know, on some of these fight organizations, they might want to sit there and say, Hey, we'll stay with you guys. Is there any way we can match their pay? You know what? We're actually selling out every weekend. We might be able to work something out. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, and, and it's interesting, Johnny, that, you know, there was a time where I think when one of the, the big organizations like a UFC, for instance, made that call to invite you, it was just a no-brainer. You had to take it. But I feel like in the sport, we're seeing more and more guys maybe hit the brakes on that and wait until they're actually ready to make that jump, which means, you know, a, an organization like America's Fighting Championship is a great spot for them to, to hone those skills until they are ready to make that, you know, that world championship run. And that's one thing that uh, that they did tell me. That's one thing that they. That's one of the reasons why I was hired, right? Is to sit there and say, "All right, here's our fighters. Here's who we got. What do you think of them? All right, hey, I like these guys. Now I'm going to try to find some people that can match up well with them or get them tested because that's half the problem. Some of these guys." They're ten and zero, but if you look at the record, they're the the guys that they beat average, let's say ten wins with one hundred and thirty losses. You haven't been tested to go into UFC. You know what I mean? Definitely in in a, in a small pond with a bunch of sharks. Like, yes, it's cool to say, "Hey, I'm in the UFC," but it ain't cool to say, "Well, how long are you there? One fight or two fights?" <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and I think that's that's stuff that I like. Those are things that I. I think we could really capitalize on if we get the right fighters and we build it the right way. Like we're talking to like the way that is built in our heads and the way that we've been talking about it pretty much once a week, we've been spending about two hours once a week talking on the phone uh, for the last month on how, how, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? What is our goals? And, and yada, yada, yada. Right. And we're, um, and in those conversations, we were sitting there saying, all right, how are we going to bring some good fighters over here? If we do this kind of stuff, we treat them right. We do this. We build a, a fight league that is more based for the fighters than it is for us. Because, you know, like a perfect example, I'm, I'm going to be a police officer, right? That's my main salary. So, you know, if we can, if we can sit there and grow it, take a pay cut, but grow it where everybody's happy, right? and everybody's excited about it, and the fighters are excited about it, then we can sit there and say, hey, I'm going to bring you in this guy. The reason why I need to bring you in this guy because you're not you're not 100% ready. You, do you trust me? I do, Johnny. You know what I mean? I do. I know what my coaches want. They want me to go. But I also, you know what I mean? And, and that's one thing I want to be is with the, with the fighters and with their coaches say, hey, we need to do this fight. The reason why we need to do this fight is because where do you want to be? You want to be in the UFC? You want to be Bellator? Well, this is what we have to do. We need to get you a fight like this because I want to see how you're going to react to somebody that's going to put this type of pressure on you, right? We haven't seen you, anybody do this to you yet. All right, this is the fight you need. Yes, it's going to be a tough fight, but if you come out victorious on that one, and depending how you win that one, we can sit there and say, dude, you're ready. Yo, have fun, and hopefully give us a shout-out after your, you know, whenever you're uh, – uh, you know, a top five or top 10 UFC fighter. You know what I mean? Uh, and those are things that I think can happen. Well, that's what's so cool to me about having you involved in this thing is uh, from, from an outside standpoint, I look at, at, at the sport of MMA 
And you're right, there are, there are a million fighters, which may be a good thing and a bad thing because you mentioned one guy might be 10 and 130, and so a win over this guy, I mean, what does that ultimately mean? At the same time, there are so many guys that want to get into the sport, which speaks to the health of the sport and the, the growing interest in the sport. If you have somebody educated enough to know what is what and somebody educated enough that's that's been to the highest level like yourself – to kind of weed through that balance of all of those fighters and the quality versus the non-quality, I think you have the opportunity to not only set up fighters for a big future, but put a great product out in the process. Yes, for every fight, every fight, they, they you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. Not every fight can be exciting. Trust me. I like to be an exciting fighter, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you no matter what you do, you just can't do it. Sometimes um, you got to clinch against the cage and, and grind it out, right? Exactly. But that also comes with fight awareness and, 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 and understanding of, oh, man, I, I'm struggling. Hey, I need to do this. And that's, that's fighter maturity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know some fans, let me rephrase that, majority of the fans, they don't understand that, right? They don't understand that. Hey, we're at a stalemate, but I still got to win this fight for my family. You got to win this fight for your family. So, you know, I'm going to get you to the cage. I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, it's a little bit boring, but guess what? I'm winning. And then maybe that'll tire him out where now when we separate, now I can get back to my game plan and I'll I'll have a better chance of being exciting, right? It's that chess match. It's constant back and forth. But, you know... And I'm pretty sure you've seen this. How many fights do you see where they, they announce a newcomer and they, they, whenever the newcomer comes in, he's fighting a guy that's only had two fights in the UFC, but that dude, he, he's, he's already felt what it's like to be in there. He's already battled some, you know what I mean? He battled one hard dude to get into the UFC. So he, he, he felt that. And then his next win, he grew so much from that one fight. He's like, he's like a, He's a totally different fighter, and then he gets that new dude, dude coming in, and he just crushes him. But, you know, that guy could have been a really good fighter if he had been tested at least once or twice before he got into the big show. What, in your mind, is the most important trait for somebody that's at that stage of their career where they're trying to find that balance between making the big jump and and being patient and, you know, honing your skills to the point that you're ready? You know, for me, I didn't get that choice because my third fight, I won. And I knew I, I – told, I told everybody, you know, I told everybody I want to be a UFC champion one day and that I, I have about three years before I get in the UFC. Right. And I want 10 fights in those three years. Um, I didn't get that. I got three and I was put in the WEC, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then I got two fights because the UFC bought out WEC. My second fight in the WEC, I won. So I, I won a contract into the UFC. So I had to go through um, a different style of training, but also, I think I had the mental mindset to do that because of the grind and everything that I went through Oklahoma State. Through the wrestling process of, you know, having your knee, like a slight tear in your MCL and 70% of your meniscus blown and still finishing out the year and having surgery as soon as you're done. Wow. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Wrestling, wrestling, wrestling I think I wrestled eight or nine matches. Like on, like those things. So, with with that being said, there's there's that mindset. So if you look at a guy and you you look at him and go, man, I know you have the mindset. Here, just work on. You know what I mean? Like even talk to coaches and be like, hey, I I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but hey, if you worked a little bit on this and this, and 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 whenever you do this and this, I want you to throw this and this at him, right? He, you know, that's that's that's. That's where I think that I sort of want to do also is sit there and give feedback. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if they'll allow that, but it is what it is, right? Um, but those are things that I like. I enjoy picking apart fighters. Yeah. I enjoy understanding why. Hey, why did you throw that? That like I didn't. I didn't think you could have ever thrown that, but you did. Why? 
because I, whenever I did this, my body, I just know my body and it, it, man, it just lines up and boom, it's there. Oh, what do you mean? It just lines up. Can you show it to me? Hit, hit it, hit it. Can you hit a little slower? Ah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. Hey, can you do this off of that then? Try it. Bam, bam. Ah, hey, now add this to it. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Um, those are things that I'll be honest with you. That's what I loved about fighting more than the, I love the competition, but that's what I love more than anything is watching a fighter trying to dissect, trying to find every hole that I possibly could. I don't feel like people understand the the mental aspect of this sport as much as maybe they should. The expectation is that it's just go in there and, and throw punches as hard as you can and hope you knock the other guy out. And really, I mean, this is as much or or maybe in some cases more mentally taxing than physically taxing at times. No, you're absolutely right because here's the thing. Look, I hit Lawler pretty hard a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Look, I hit GSB pretty hard a couple of times. Did it knock them out? No. So just because you hit somebody with a kitchen sink doesn't mean that they're going to go down. You have to have plan B. Wait a minute. Plan C. Oh my gosh. Plan D, plan E, plan F. When do you, know what I mean, like how many plans do I need to beat this dude? And, and, and that's what, that's what I think is when you talk about fighting, who can, who can have their five to six game plans, right? But when they get into a fight, how many people stay on plan A and they never even think about plan A is not working. You hear their coach yelling for plan B and they're like, nope, I'm sticking to plan A. This is my comfort zone. Here it is. Right. Um, and that's where whenever you start seeing fighters jump from plan A to plan C, to back to A to, uh, to D or E to B, you know, they're picking and choosing from all these different game plans and that's their fight. Um, that's whenever, you know, Hey, I'm ready. You know what I mean? I can have a bunch of game plans. I'm adapting between each fight. Cause if you go and watch probably what my first, you know, as soon as I got in the UFC, I, I would say probably around fight 13, 14. Whenever I was 13 and 0, I was a, I started becoming the fighter that I ended up to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's crazy the, the maturity that comes along with the experience. Yeah. And then, you know, I finished out, what, 18 and 6? Uh, and... You're looking at that going, man, you know, realistically, should I have retired after my, instead of going to 85, I would say yes, but, you know, it was, you know what I mean, at that point, it's still fun, but, you know, these are the things that, like, I want to give back to the fight community to sit there and say, hey, yes, you are ready, or look at them and go, dude, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not ready, and if you go, this is what's going to happen, I don't want to be this way, but, Trust us. We want to build. We want to build fighters that, whenever they, if if they do leave us, that they're going to have success wherever they go, right? And that's that's the concept that we're looking at. We want to build fighters to have success. Now, I'm not saying other organizations aren't doing that, but what I can say is that I can sit there and say, "Hey, dude, your jujitsu looks a little sloppy." You know what I mean? If you try to go into Bellator or UFC with that, you're going to be struggling. You know what I mean? And who's to say that the UFC doesn't right off the bat say, hey, you're going to fight a jiu-jitsu guy that has decent hands, right? Okay hands. So where do you think the fight's going to be? Mostly on the ground, right? So we need to sharpen up your jiu-jitsu. So, hey, fight this guy. He's more jiu-jitsu. I want to see your jiu-jitsu sharpened up. You, you, you went on the ground. And I don't care how you win, but if 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 it goes to ground and you're sharp, then you're ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that. I don't know. I I mean that might be overstepping or trying to overreach, right? Um, but I think that also shows the fighters that we want them to be the best they can be, be as ready as they can be to step into that small pond with a bunch of big fish. 
I, I think the the role that you're playing in this, you obviously still have a tremendous passion for the sport, and you've you've done it at the highest level. So I'm excited to see how this all plays out and your involvement in it because it, it sounds like you're really excited about it. And it's going to be a ton of fun. You know, I am super excited. Whenever they whenever they contacted me, I was sitting. I was like, man, uh, you know, at first when we we're talking, it just sounded like I was just going to be uh, just there to be there, right? And then. After, like, that's what I was thinking about whenever the first conversation went, before we even talked. I was like, oh, they're probably just going to want to bring me down for this one fight. You know, it is what it is, but, hey, I love fighting, and I'll hear them out, right? Um, And then we started talking, and then they sort of said, hey, you know, after the first conversation, I was still like, man, I really don't know what they want me to do. Do they just want me to show up? Oh. And my wife's like, well, how'd that conversation go? I was like, about an hour and a half. I go, I don't really know what they want me to do. Um, I think they just want me to show up. Uh, and then we had another conversation. I started texting them, had another conversation. And then that's whenever they said, Hey, this is really what we're thinking about for you. And as soon as they did that, man, my, my wheels have been spinning. Like I still have, I still have a lot of things that I want to present to them, uh, about, about stuff and, and hear their side of that they think it's, it's worth, uh, pursuing or not right but it's just it's just things that you know and the way that I'm looking at it is whenever the fighter what did I want what did I want whenever I was a fighter I wanted this this and this okay and I wanted this but if I wanted this I knew I had to do this right um, and so I'm sitting here playing these playing these things like a perfect example how easy is it to talk to to get a hold of it okay a perfect example DC Right. Yeah. Like if you wanted to do an interview on DC, you, you, you could do it. Right. And you, if you, you would want to interview DC. Okay. But let's go back to whenever I first started, you know, how hard it was to get people to talk to me, to do interviews, to do anything. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to talk to you, but as soon as people know who you are, you can't, you can't turn away enough interviews. You're going, man, I'm booked. I'm sorry. Like I, I got, I got three this week. Um, and I got three next week. Uh, Hey, let me call me back next week and let's try to find out a time. And then you're going, dude, I, I still have, and this guy had to recancel. So I, I had to push him. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're bouncing back and forth where that's another thing. You know, a guy that has five fights, nobody really knows about him, but we can sit there and say, Hey, you want know come on, let's go do an interview. Let's, let's, you know, Let's use social media. Let's post out a, a two-minute interview, three-minute interview. I'm just going to ask you, dude, what do you like to do for fun? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of person are you? What what, what do you want to be? Um, and get these guys where they start getting some some people that start understanding, hey, uh, you know what? I like it. Uh, I, I You know, I'm getting interviews now. You know, these guys that are five, six, and, you know, they might be six and two but they're starting to get their name out there. People are calling them for interviews and doing this and this. And then by the time they get to the stage, like I said, like a UFC or Bellator, well, they already know how to balance this, this, and this. Boom. They're already put in. And when they get put in, well, they can look and say, man, look at all these interviews he's already done. He's ready for, you know, hey, let's, let's throw a couple interviews this way. Or you might sit there like yourself. You might go, hey, you're in the UFC now. How awesome is that? And you know what I mean? You already have that relationship there to start promoting, uh, for him to start promoting himself into another organization. Well, once again, it's America's Fighting Championship. I, I know that uh, the date is coming up. I know there's still a lot of things that are in motion uh, based on the little bit that I know about it. But what, what can you tell us about this first event? The first event is going to be like I I, I want to say it's going to be amazing. You know, it's going to be in Cancun. I know that the uh, the weigh-ins are going to be on the beach. The arena I haven't seen it yet. They said it, it looks amazing. I mean, it's Cancun. It's going to be a fun atmosphere. The people there, I know that they're excited. They're ready to get back out into the world. They're just like us. We're in the COVID era, and they're ready to see action and to be able to do a live event down there in Cancun is so important and the sponsorships that have already been that came on board for it that's pretty amazing too and like I said I'm excited 
to be part of something like this and to see these young fighters that don't really know what if they're you know if they can do it for a career to try to develop some of these guys into that it's pretty exciting i'm super excited about this first show yeah it's going to be a ton of fun I, I can't wait to to check it out as well i'm excited for this new chapter of your life thanks again man it was just great to catch up with you hey same here and you have a wonderful day you as well let's talk soon all right bye-bye that was johnny hendricks former ufc welterweight champion of the world and what a great dude I'm really excited for this relationship with Johnny and America's Fighting Championship. This is going to be an incredible event. I'm really excited about this promotion and the fact that they are all about the fighters and putting the fighters first and doing what they can to make it as fighter-friendly as possible. And I think when you do that, the result is going to be a great product. Once again, check out America's Fighting Championship on their Facebook page. I will attach the link to this podcast. Their first event coming up September 19th in Cancun. It's going to be awesome. A combination of U.S. fighters, Mexican fighters. They've got a massive venue, and this is going to be very cool. So what I would advise you to do is check out America's Fighting Championship. Stay tuned to Live FC and pay attention to Johnny's social media because they are going to be making some big announcements in terms of what's coming up and the best way to view this fight and all that good stuff. So once again... I'll be tuned in. I can't wait to see what this thing looks like. Look, anytime you have somebody that is as passionate and knows as much about the sport as Johnny Hendricks involved and having the ability to bounce things off of him as a former champion fighter, that's an invaluable asset. So America's Fighting Championship, check it out on Facebook. Make sure you follow Johnny Hendricks on Facebook and Twitter and everything else, and he'll keep you up to date on uh, the big announcements coming up. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Colby underscore Daniels. You can follow me on Instagram, Colby.Daniels. That's it. Everyone stay safe, and I'll talk to you next time. Okay. <laughs>